Welcome to Raptors Unscripted. A uh, little introduction before we get going in today's podcast. Um, I had an, I interviewed my friend Josh Herman, and we discussed uh, free agency, the Western Conference, the Toronto Raptors, everything pretty much from the last um, few weeks uh, all around the NBA. Um, I interviewed him on Friday, July 7th. Today is the 9th. So we didn't get to touch on the, the Mari Carroll trade that took place um, about, I don't know, 12 hours ago. It was early Sunday morning. So obviously, you know, we didn't get to talk about that. Um, but it was a great interview. And we even touched on Kanye West at the end, which I'm sure you all love. So here we go. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Raptors Unscripted. I'm your host, Aaron Zeifman. With me is my very special friend, guest, Josh Herman. How you doing? Hey, how's it going, Aaron? It's going always well. good to be on the show. Yeah, first, exciting. first time guest. Nice. It's good to have you. Um, there's been a lot to talk about since my last episode. Um, drafts, awards, and some crazy uh, free agency. So definitely get into all that stuff. Cool. Um... <laughs> Uh yeah, let's uh let's start with the Raptors. Why not? You know? Okay, it's the name of the, it's the name of the pod. May as well. So bring it back, Lowry and Ibaka, both on three year deals. Um, were you surprised we brought him back, or what were you expe- were you expecting this? Well, I was definitely surprised that um Lowry came back because at the beginning of the season there was all this talk about wanting to go somewhere else. Right. Um, the, I think the culture change, the culture change. I don't know why he wants to go anywhere else. I don't know what the motivation was for going to Philadelphia. Um, maybe going home was a big thing for him because I know he's from there, but, um, I think that trade with the Boston Celtics, um, trading the number one draft pick really kind of dried up that point guard free agency market very fast when, oh, for Philly, sure. when Philly got to draft Markel Fultz. And, um, I think the Raptors kind of, came out of an advantage because of this, because now Lowry ended up signing a three-year contract as opposed to a possible four- or five-year extension that he could have signed this past season had Masai Ujiri approached him. I don't know if he did, but I'm assuming that he definitely talked to Kyle about it. And um, to have had Kyle on contract for the next five years, considering how unathletic he already is, um, wow. factor in that. Throwing, <laughs> throwing shade. Come on. Two minutes man. out of the gate. <laughs> that was fast. Listen, I'm not the biggest Kyle Lowry fan, but... If you can get a point guard like that on a three-year deal, I think the Raptors hugely came out on top in this one. Right. And um, Especially especially that we have a block on a three-year deal. And DeRozan, I mean, I know he's got four years left, but some rumors are saying that the fourth year is a player option. So it could be we have all these guys off the books on the same time. So if we don't get anywhere, which we probably won't, then Masai can say, like, okay, let's let's start fresh. Let's mm-hmm. clean slate. Because if, if we didn't bring Lowry back, you still have DeRozan. And he's still good enough. I mean, you could try to trade him, but you're not going to get, you know, a, a solid return. And Rosen's a great regular season player, so <laughs> so it's still good enough for 35, 40 wins. That's not enough to tank, so this is kind of like what you have to do. As a Raptors fan, like compared to all like the losses we've had in our history, yeah. um, it almost seems good. Like we have, I think we have a very bright future in place. Like if you look at the way the Raptors have drafted in the past few years, like obviously a lot will change if we end up losing Masai Ujiri. Who happens to be probably top three general managers in all the sport. Oh, for sure. Um, but like the flexibility we've given the team in terms of you know two of our biggest contracts are coming off the books in three years from now. Um, in terms of having a guy like Norman Powell who could become um, maybe an all-star level contributor one day. Um, I just think that for me as a fan, like I, I don't want the Raptors to just tank um, right now, especially when like that taking timeline will probably line up somewhere with when teams like Philadelphia and Minnesota are already becoming juggernauts in of themselves, that um, I'd almost rather just stay competitive now because I don't see tanking leading to any amazing solution within the next five years. And um, for now, I just kind of want to see the Raptors feel a competitive team. Yeah, I think, like, I, I like making the playoffs every year. I like, you know, the the will-they-won't-they they of, will you know, will we get a game on the Cavs or will we beat the Cavs? Obviously, we're pretty far away, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm down to have that instead of, you know, <laughs> going with DeRozan and Valanciunas yeah. and, and winning, you know, 38 games. Uh, how do you feel about the loss of uh, P.J. Tucker and Patrick Patterson? 
Um, wow, there is some mixed emotions on Patterson on oh. the Raptors Twitter sphere. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> praising him leaving. A lot okay. of people being like, "Oh, he was so good!" Like he got no—I mean, I think he got no money from OKC. Like it's nothing. We could have—it's insane. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how we still would have been able to afford him. We can, but we're paying a luxury tax either way. Was he sixteen mil? What was the contract? It was like sixteen point four for three years. Wow, Just, bargain. Yeah, bargain bin. Like that's less than—is that less than the mid-level exception? Like the mid-level exception is five point three, so maybe five point eight or something. Yeah, yeah, it's right around there. So yeah, I mean, I guess we could have got him, but that's if you use it for three years, I don't know. But I think one of the biggest things about him was he was a pretty versatile defender as far as four goes. Yeah, um, fours go. Um, a guy who could kind of switch pretty well onto you know those faster fours and um kind of fi- like put an effort in defending um threes. And Tucker was kind of the same guy. So now it's going to be kind of hard. Like, do we really have anyone now who, when we slide down Sergi Ibaka to the five, like do we really have a four now who's going to be able to you know stretch the floors, be able to defend? bigger and faster wings, I don't really know because I don't see playing Jonas Valanciunas more than 25 minutes a game being particularly effective. Right. Yeah, I, I, we have no one really who can defend wings. I mean, Carroll's been pretty terrible. Powell's kind of undersized. Uh, yeah, I mean, losing Tucker is, is the worst, is the hardest part, I think, like way worse than losing Patterson. But going into this offseason, I had pretty much zero hope that we were going to keep Tucker anyway. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not like we gave up much for him. It was what? Two second rounds and Sullinger, who was gone anyway. So, you know, not the biggest deal. It was nice to have him around. Hopefully, he leaves a you know like leaves a mark or an influence on guys to actually like try hard on defense. But yeah, I don't know who who's gonna be that guy to come in because if we don't trade Valanciunas, we have Valanciunas, Hurdle, and Nogueira, who all can only play one position. Yeah, and Ibaka, who is best at the five. So. Uh, I don't know. Do you think do you think Valanciunas plays another game in a Raptors jersey? I think the thing about Valanciunas, and I was just about to ask you, how much value do you think Valanciunas has on the open market? Because you've got a guy like Greg Monroe, right, who's a pretty skilled skill set, if not probably better or more established than Jonas Valanciunas, seen as a better prospect than Jonas. Um, and you know, he literally fielded no offers when the Milwaukee Bucks have been shipping him for the last two years on a contract that's fairly reasonable for a big man. If you look at years past, I think he's getting paid eighteen million a year. For a guy who averages double double, like you look back to the NBA five years ago, the guy's like an all star. Um, How much is he making? Eighteen. I think eighteen a year. That, that's a problem because he he's a guy who he did he did well in the playoffs for the Bucks. Yeah. Um, but he comes off the bench, and when you're when you're one of your highest paid players is a guy coming off the bench, like it's really hard to stomach that kind of money. Yeah. And like I don't see Monroe as a starting center on any team. Mm-hmm. But Valanciunas, I, I I think he could start. I think he's good enough. He just doesn't really work in the Raptors system. Also, it seemed like he took a step back this year. Yeah, I think a lot of that comes down to just the psychology of playing on the Raptors. You could say maybe they don't get him touches the right way, right? right? Like, he's not a particularly skilled post player um, in terms of, you know, catching the ball on the block and making a quick move. Um, he used I, to be, though. Yeah, a little bit. Well, but, you know, when you don't happens. get those touches, like, how are you supposed to, like, develop right. that part of your game, no, right? No, that's fair. Um, I guess you just kind of go look at the market and say, you know, what team would want Valanciunas and what do they have to give? And like, I can't really think of a team um, that particularly would want a guy like Jonas Valanciunas. Maybe something like the Brooklyn Nets who kind of just, you know, just want talent or right. something considering they don't have such a bright future ahead of who they're going to sign. Um, aside from D'Angelo Russ right now, the loss of Brook Lopez kind of opens up a place there for them. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, They're definitely a possibility. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, th- th- I think that's what Brooklyn, a team like Brooklyn should be doing where they have no draft picks, like, take guys who are on bad contracts, necessarily, like, that are expensive guys, like Timothy Mosgov, right? They, like, they took him in that Lakers trade yeah. uh, for D'Angelo Russell. Why not? Like, you have, you're not going anywhere anyway. Like, shed some money, like, take some, take up some money by getting, getting other players, but I don't, I don't know who we would get back for Valanciunas. Like, like, I, I don't see Brooklyn giving up any reasonable players, so if you're just, then you're just shedding money, and, I don't know. It's a little hard stomach to just be like, okay, we're giving up Valanciunas for nothing who was who started every game for us last year, you know? Yeah, I, I don't look at Masai Jiri as the kind of guy who just dumps players on bad contracts. You know, like, it's not like Jonas has no value to our team. Like, you look at the Miami Heat series, um, right. and that was just last year. He was the best player in that series on either team. Right, before um, he went down. Before he went down. And, um... But do, do you think that the... <clears throat> do you think we're going to be paying the luxury tax? Like, do you think the ownership's okay with that? That I don't know. Um... Maybe, like, 
this may be like very non-related, but maybe due to the advertising on the jerseys, like maybe there's some more revenue coming in this year. Maybe they're a little um, less hesitant to go over the luxury tax to feel the competitive team. Um, are they going to go luxury tax? I don't really know. Um, right now, I think we're about 35 or something over, or 32 over. Like, we, we, I think I just saw we're the fourth highest payroll payroll in the, in the league. I think. Oh wow. Yeah, we're right. It's like top five. It's us. Warriors, Cleveland, Portland, and Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Like I think the two big albatross contracts, if you were looking, are Damari Carroll and Jonas Valanciunas. Right. And um, yeah, like unless we basically just sack one of them and say take him and we'll take a second round pick. Like I don't really see that salary cap coming down anytime soon. And um, like Carroll, like Carroll, how we wanted him to be is exactly the player we need this coming season. Like if we had that Atlanta Hawks Damari Carroll, just a three and D wing, you could shut people down and you know do something besides jack up floaters that go off the backboard. <laughs> like, uh, that's really what we need. So, like, it's going to be hard to stomach if we didn't go with either of them because they're both good role players. Right. Right? Um, yeah, like, if Carroll was healthy and he played like he should be, I would be totally fine paying him $16 million a year. It's uh, That's not the issue. It's just that he can't stay on the court, and when he does, he's pretty bad. Like, he came awful. in as a guy who can shoot threes and play defense, and he can't do either one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I don't know where. And, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see in the next coming weeks. Um, but uh, Masai's going to be patient. So if, if people are expecting, like, oh, why haven't we moved Violent Trunis yet? That means no one wants him. Like, free agency started a week ago. Like, yeah. give it time. He's got he's got all the time he wants. Also, you don't actually pay the luxury tax until the end of next season. Okay. So we have until the whole until they trade deadline, essentially, mm-hmm. to, you know, get under the tax if they want or... You know, you, like, yeah, you can see how the season goes, you know. You, you didn't get a training camp with Ibaka. So you can see if we if we start the season terribly, I mean, we won't. But, like, I, I don't know. I mean, they have time, and I, I think I think they're going to be patient a bit about it. So now the big question is, where do you see the Raptors um, next year in terms of their competitive level? If we're looking at tiers in the NBA, and what right. tier are you putting them um, in terms of relative competition? Especially now that the Boston Celtics are appearing to be you know, a team that may even be better than the Cavs when it's all said and done next year with all the Cavs' defensive issues that they've had. You think so? Um, that's, a, that's a bold statement. It's a bold statement, but still I think LeBron. that... Yeah, they still got LeBron, but, like, you look at those, like, that supporting staff, like, I think LeBron makes them so much better than they are. Like, you take a guy like Iman Shumpert, J.R. Smith, like, right. these aren't great players, you know? Like, um, Kevin Love can barely defend when the time comes down to it. And, like, He's still a great offensive player. Great offensive player. Yeah. And not take away from Kevin Love, because I think people really give him the short end of the stick. I right. still think he's one of the best offensive power forwards in the NBA who can shoot and rebound, and he's, you know, incredibly rare yeah. um, for that cause. But uh, just, like, between having Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, as good as they are on offense, like, to feel a championship team with such a bad defense, and you look at the Celtics and how good, how well coached they are and how versatile they are in terms of different lineups they can bring off the bench, like, they've still got Jay Crowder somehow. Like, they have Jay Crowder and Gordon Hayward, yeah. right? For I, now. I wonder if they'll have to move him, but... Uh-huh. They, yeah, they just traded Avery Bradley, like, a few hours ago for mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Morris, right? Yeah. So, yeah they, I mean, they have so and, many and wins. I, and I like Morris. I yeah. think he's a great stretch four on that team, a great three-point shooter. Um... I think like they're starting to build a team that can really compete with the Cavs in terms of small ball, right? And um, that's not only good offensively, but very good defensively also. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be like really great. Like I, I, I kind of hope they trade Isaiah Thomas to get someone who could maybe better for that team. Now they have a bunch of scorers. Do you, do you think they would have been better off just drafting Markel Fultz? I think a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, like, it, yeah, like they traded away the first pick, got the third pick, took Tatum, Jason Tatum, who's another wing player. They, yeah. they have now they have Crowder, Hayward, Morris, Marcus Morris, and Tatum, and uh, it makes I don't know. It's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, it almost seems like they're too deep. You're saying yeah, for like a team this that shouldn't be. Where are the minutes and Jalen Brown? Yeah, that's five yeah, yeah. small forwards. Like, wh- I don't get it. Well, first off, when I looked at Jason Tatum, and like I think that the kind of discussion around the league was that from the Boston Celtics. And I think they want Jason Tate. They wanted Jason Tatum anyway, from what I've heard from a lot of the reports, and that's what a lot of people are saying. But they said we know Tatum's gonna. We know we're gonna get him at a three, so we may as well trade the pick and get another first round pick next year, which is genius if you really think about it. And from what I've seen, like I don't know if you've been seeing the summer league highlights, but on his last game, the guy was taking like Dirk Nowitzki one legged fadeaways in a summer league NBA game at like the age of what, like nineteen. Like, the, he's crazy. Like, he's so good. Like, I didn't even realize how good Jason Tatum was going to be until I saw him. Yeah, you know, he's got a lot of, like, mid-range moves. Ta- like, he really, 
like reminds me of a young Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, that's like, who I thought it also. Yeah, just like the mid range game, the elevating over players with those finger rolls, you know, not dunking, but just so like agile in the air. Right. Um like if Melo was drafted today, he'd probably be a power forward. Yeah. So yeah, if Tatum can play the four, like that's huge. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they still have such an abundance of, of wings and um I don't know. Also, one of the weird things about the Avery Bradley trading away Avery Bradley was he was kind of the guy who would guard point guards. Isaiah Thomas is absolutely trash on defense. So now, do you have to start Marcus Smart and have him guard point guards? Like, yeah, I don't know about that. I I I don't know about you. Are you like? Do you like Marcus Smart? I'm not as high on him as most people seem to be. I have a huge problem with point guards who can't shoot. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Like, it's just like, how do you run an offense when the guy at the top of the key can't shoot the ball? Right, when like, you can take six crazy. steps away from them yeah. and just play the drive and play the pass. Yeah, and it's like people, like talk, like Marcus Smart on offense, like, yeah, you have just four assists a game. Like, he's not the greatest passer in the world. Like, he kind of he's kind of one of those guys who just, um, you kind of see them on a pickup court. They're so much more athletic and bigger than everyone else. They just kind of use that strength and agility to be better. But, like, I don't see the skills hugely there for Marcus Smart on offense. Like, he just seems like the kind of guy who just, you know, ducks his head, drives, and just flings the ball, and that's his assist. Yeah. Um, I don't love Marcus Smart, although he's an amazing, amazing defender. Yeah, he's, he's definitely, like, that, that you know, grit, grit guy, you know, who's going to, like, do the dirty things. But I think come a playoff series where, like, teams can leave him unguarded, and, you know, he, he just kind of also just... He chucks up a lot of shots as chucks. well. He's a chucker. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't think he can't be starting on a team that's trying to make win a championship. You know, yes. like I, I don't know what they're going to do at the shooting guard position. Mm-hmm. That seems strange to me. Um, speaking of the Atlantic Division, what do you think about the Sixers playoff team this year? I don't know. Um, like a classic thing that I find in the NBA is no matter how good your young talent is, it's very very hard to make the playoffs with young talent. Like you right. look at the Wolves, like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, like. Two, like, probably, like, top 40 players in the NBA. Carl Anthony Towns probably being one of the top 20 best players right now in the NBA. Right. And um, maybe they sniffed the playoffs, but they were never really there in contention. Like, although the West was pretty hard, you know? Yeah. But um, still, like... With how bad the East is right now, I mean, I'm, I I think the Sixers could definitely make the playoffs. Yeah. But that, same, that being said, like, uh, Embiid has played, what, 38 games? Yeah, that's going to be career. huge Simmons hasn't question played. mark. Yeah. Markel Fultz hasn't played. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, they've definitely got a ways to go. Um, I, I wonder if this is, like, the year for their coach, Brett Brown, to, like, I think make his statement. I think it's going to have to be. Yeah. Um, like, if they win 30 games, yeah. think they're bringing him back? I don't know. It's hard to get rid of him now when he's gone through all that. Like, he ha- he must have the worst winning percentage in the, the history whole time, of, yeah, of coaches. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you have to go through the process. Um, that would be pretty savage to just to fire him and they get another losing season but no I, I wonder if this is like this is his test well I know he's very highly regarded as one of the best coaches in the NBA right and um, you know I don't I don't know enough about the inner workings to really make a comment on that yeah. um, you know his teams haven't looked so good to me but they, they really suck it's like feeling a game of it's, it's almost like watching a game of like grade 8 kids playing against a high school varsity team yeah. but it was like watching the 76ers the past few years I think if Hinky was around, I think Brown would have had the job no matter what. Right. I think Hinky just said, like, I know you're a good coach. No matter what I give you, I'm going to trust you. Oh, for sure. Kind of like what the Spurs did for Greg Popovich, although he had um, instant success. Yeah. Um, I think the Colangelos are, are a little more ruthless. They're a yeah. lot They're a lot more like sharks. <laughs> they got a mafia going on. Yeah, like... <laughs> you know, like, Jerry comes... I'm pretty scared of Jerry, like, if I'm Brett Brown, you know? I definitely feel him breathing down the nape of my neck as uncomfortable <laughs> as that visual might be. Right. I, mean, I don't know how scared you could be of Brian Colangelo, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's got, like, Hito Turgulio's uh, Secret Service, like, Asian guy. Or Jorge Garbajosa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They always watch his back. Garbajosa looks like that, like a guy in, like, you know, like, Taken? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. would be one of the villains. The taxi driver <laughs> picks the girl up, you know? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah. man, I hope that's not uh I can fully say, though, that the player I'm most excited to see next to the NBA is Ben Simmons, because... Yeah. Ben Simmons, like, when I watched his Summer League play, um, and I do put, like, I, I tend to put some stock in Summer League because I think the level is still higher than the level of college competition if you look at it. Like, these are real, some of these are pretty professional players who played for years. Right. And the passes Ben Simmons was making, I've never seen anything like it, not even from LeBron James. Like, Ben Simmons had the ball at the three-point line 
and just shot a left-handed bounce pass through a guy's legs to a cutter on the baseline. Ben Simmons is unbelievable. One of the best number one draft picks, I think, in recent years, maybe yeah. since Anthony Davis, wow. in my opinion. Yeah, also him in the open floor, like, the, like, the angles he sees, just amazing. Yeah. That's why I, I, I know Phil, like Philly had no intention of drafting him, but if they would have taken Lonzo Ball, just Whoa. the passing on that team, like, yeah. how fun would that team be to watch? The I w- shooting would have been non-existent, <laughs> but the much. passing? The passing would have been great. Uh. I mean... Just with Lonzo and Simmons, like, on both wings coming up the floor on a fast break, like, you don't know where the ball is going. Like, yeah. it would be crazy. That would have been fun. But Yeah, I'm pretty excited to play. I'm also pretty high on Dario Sarek. I think he's an amazing player. Yeah. Um, and kind of injuries allowed him to, like, come kind of come into his own last year and really showcase what he could do. Um, and I see him, like, he's, you know, I think he's going to be an above-average starter in the NBA, which is, you know, pretty big for them for a guy who wasn't even one of their, you know, main draft picks. No one really knew what was going to happen to him. So, um, yeah, I think I agree with you. They're going to make the playoffs next year. How much noise do they really make after that? I don't know. I think they're still too young. But um, I kind of think, like, where the Timberwolves are now, they've made that second step. Yeah. I think that the Sixers have just started that process of probably going to start showing a lot of promise in the next few years, and then hopefully they'll add a player down the line. And I think they could be one of the next dynasties if these players really pan out. Because between Embiid and Simmons, those are two guys who could be superstars and you know right. you don't say that about a lot of players in no. the NBA, you know? yeah Fultz too like people are pretty really high on him also I like um Fultz. yeah uh, yeah I mean like they got JJ Redick also for like one-year deal this kind of gets the ball rolling and saying like like the Sixers weren't signing any you know high talent players in the past like what three four years yeah. but now they're saying okay we, like we got Redick maybe next year we get you know one of the top guys on the like available free agents and that puts them automatically in the upper echelon, just like what the Timberwolves did. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I don't, I'm, I'm officially jumping on the Minnesota Timberwolves bandwagon. I am planning to watch every game of theirs next year. Oh, 100%. I am so excited. A part of me, uh, last Friday before Lowry had announced that he was resigning, was, I was like, I, 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 there was a lot of rumors that he was thinking of going to Minnesota. A part of me kind of wanted him to go to Minnesota. Yeah. Just because I would love to see him on the Timberwolves, and it would be such a fun and amazing team. Um, but, you know, no, Happy's, Happy's back. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, 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 not the biggest fan of them signing Jeff Teague, though. I think George Hill would have been unquestionably the better option, in my opinion. Yeah. They would have had a killer defensive front court between George Hill, Jimmy Butler, and Andrew Wiggins, who I think under the tutelage of Jimmy Butler would have really been able to lock down, similar to how Butler kind of matured under Tom Thibodeau. I think that influence on... Wiggins would have been amazing, and Carl Anthony Towns in the backcourt like that 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 could have been easily like a top three, top five defensive unit in the NBA right. compared to the awful defense we've seen Timberwolves of the past with Zach Levine just uh, essentially yeah. being a pylon out there. <laughs> yeah, he can't play any deep. Um, that's but, definitely true. Um, yeah, Giorgio. I mean, also for shooting, I think he would have helped, but it just seemed like Minnesota was like, okay, they probably offered Giorgio something, and he said, okay, I want I want time or whatever, and they're just thinking, okay, if we don't get someone now. We're not going to end up with anyone. They already lost. They, yeah. But no, they, I think they got Teague before they, they signed Lowry, but um, yes. before Lowry was signed by, by the Raptors. But, yes. Um, well, I think that's, that may have been one of the big nails in the coffin in terms of Lowry's free agency yeah. options being done. Yeah, you mentioned um, Fultz going to Philly, so that dried up. Teague went to Minnesota. Um, um, yeah, there's so many positions that were like, oh, maybe he's going to go there. Like, they all were gone. Uh, the Spurs didn't have any money. You know, Tony Parker wasn't that injured that he had to retire to clear up the, the cap they would have needed. Um, yeah. So in terms of the West now, what do you see as those playoff teams in the West, those eight playoff teams, considering how competitive the West has gotten to the point that J.J. Redick might actually be an all-star in the East? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I read something. Who was it? Maybe uh, Tom Haverstraw of ESPN okay. who, who said that the, the West could have two all-star teams that would beat the East. Like, statistically. Like, according to his advanced stats. Uh-huh. Like, that is insane. I don't even know how. Like, I, there's no way there's, like, what is it, 12 guys in all team? Like, 20. 24 players in the West. Yeah. Beat the top 12 in the East. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible. But, I don't know. That That's what I that's what I saw. Um, I mean, when I look at the NBA, the only two players in the East that I'm really looking at that are amazing are probably Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James. John, people say John Wall. I'm, I'm still going to put him in the second tier. There are many better point guards right now than John Paul, the John Wall in the league. Um, many? I could probably name you three or four. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. I'd say Chris Paul, 100%. Um, Steph Curry, definitely. 
um, Russell Westbrook. I want to say James Harden, if you're going to consider him a point guard. I don't know if he's a point guard anymore. Maybe not anymore, not anymore. he's definitely he's on, uh, more effective point guard. Chris Harden. That's the, that's the duo now. I'm so <laughs> excited for that. Yeah, Houston's going to be fun. So what people have said um, that that fit might be a little sketchy in terms of, you know, two really ball-dominant players. So how do you feel about that working out? Right. I, 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 at, when I first heard about it, I was also a little like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if that'll work. I mean, you just had such an amazing season by putting the ball in Harden's hand pretty much for the entire game and having him run the entire offense, and now they're going away from what just worked so well. So, I don't know, that seems a little strange, but Harden was definitely gassed by the end of the season, by the end of games, you know, having to do pretty much everything. I mean, with him on the bench, like, they couldn't they couldn't do anything. And same with the, the Thunder. Yeah. Like, without Westbrook on the court, they were terrible. But mm-hmm. now they have Paul George. Great trade. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that'll change things also, but... With Houston, I don't know. I mean, as I, I mentioned to you uh, a, a couple days ago, we were talking. Um, I, a no team, like in the history of the NBA, has had an elite point guard for forty-eight minutes a game. Yeah. And now Houston ha- can do that if they stagger the minutes. You know? Under Mike D'Antoni, which is incredibly exciting. Right. You know, like the ultimate point, point guard coach. Yeah. You know? That doesn't get better than Mike D'Antoni when it comes to right. point guards. And that, like, that has to be terrifying for other teams. Yeah. Like, who the hell are you? putting out there that's going to match Harden and Paul at all times. Mm-hmm. Like, no one can compete with that. And I was saying this the other week also, like, people say, like, you know, like, you just have so much success with Harden a point guard, how are you taking away from point guard? But the guy was also an MVP candidate when he was playing shooting guard two seasons ago. I don't think he's going to have a problem. He's still an unbelievable spot-up shooter. Um, I look at situations where Chris Paul's running a pick-and-roll, swings the ball to Harden on the weak side, and then the driving lanes are just wide open for Harden, right. um, catching that ball quickly and making a quick jab step. Um, and I think Chris can also be an amazing off, like uh, catch and shoot, three three, three ball also. You know, uh-huh. like he he has a, he's a good shooter as well. He mm-hmm. usually shoots off the dribble, but I can see him uh, off the pass, like being able to hit threes all the time. Any uh, also. Well, I'm reluctant to put Stephen A. Smith in front of you right now because I know how you feel about Stephen I'm A. Smith. Very anti Stephen A. Smith. That um, is true. But he actually said something the other day that. Uh, I kind of really picked up on you. I'm said, honestly ashamed that you still <laughs> Come on! watch Stephen A. to this it's day. It's entertaining. Is it? Let me ask okay. you this. Is it better or worse since Skip Bayless left? Way better. Way better? Skip Bayless looks like someone put him in a microwave and just stuck him back on TV. I don't know what happened to the guy. He looks 100 years older. I don't know if he misses Stephen A. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I actually like Max Kellerman, to be honest. Is that his the, co-host? The new guy. Yeah, the, uh-huh. the co-host. Um, yeah, he's a good guy. Got a great beard. He doesn't complain of every single thing Stephen A. says. It's no. He has to. Complain. That's the point of the show. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay, what did he say? Um, so Stephen A. basically said, "There's no point guard in the history of the NBA besides maybe you know Magic Johnson, who's going to be on a team with Chris Paul and not say let's just give the ball to Chris." Because I think even Harden knows, like you're playing with probably one of the best, like top five point guards of all time. Um, in Chris Paul, that's of my opinion, considering how, you know, he's been an unbelievable defender, an unbelievable passer, a scorer, like probably the greatest leader in the NBA um, up there with LeBron James. Maybe LeBron's a bit better in terms of leadership, but Chris Paul definitely um, number two. Um, and I think, like, Harden won't mind conceding the ball, such an all-time great at point guard. And um, I think definitely taking the scoring load off Harden um, would be great. And also, in terms of D'Antoni offense, um, it doesn't really. It's not really a half court offense where you're going to have Chris Paul statically bringing up the ball while Harden right. makes in the corner. It's kind of going to be whoever gets the rebound, you're just going to push it and go. So I think it's going to be kind of smooth. There's not going to be like a fight because there's not a whole lot of you know half court sets Houston's going to be running. It's going to be rebound, get the ball to either Paul or Harden or whoever's closer, run down the floor. If not, let's run a quick pick and roll, and that's just it. I don't think there's a huge amount of room for conflict in a, such an open system like there is in Houston. Right. If you compare it to Toronto, where it's kind of with our kind of ISO-heavy basketball where it's every possession is, okay, either Lowry, you make a move, or either DeRozan, you you do something. Yeah. Where, uh, yeah, it, it's not going to be like that in Houston. That's true. It's not going to be your prototypical, okay, point guard does this, shooting guard does this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of running and gunning and kind of just see what happens and open up the floor. So let's talk top eight teams in the West. Who you got? Okay, so uh, some crappy team called the Warriors. I think they're the best. Um, no way. <laughs> hot take. Hot <laughs> take. Warriors are number one next year. 82-0. Uh, hey, I love their signings they, they did this offseason. Unbelievable. I mean, Caspi, love Caspi. I think he's perfect for them. Mm-hmm. Played multiple positions. Uh, Nick Young, 
I, I don't I don't know how he sees the floor. He's in the a bonehead. <laughs> I like. There's no way. I mean, Patrick McCaw played the fourth quarter of Game Six. Or no, sorry, Game Five. So maybe maybe Nick maybe Steve Kerr will be like, oh, why not? I'll play Nick Young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really get that. But I mean, bring back Livingston, bring back Iguodala, signing Durant to an under, like like less than he should have gotten. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they did that. I don't know how they convinced him of that. And I think so this bring back Iggy was pretty classy. You know, here's a guy who's brought so much to your team and sacrificed so much of himself, and like they ended up, you know, maneuvering to get him a good contract. Um, like I think the Warriors organization, like as much as people say, like oh they're a super team, they're villains. Right. They really treat their players well. They treat their staff well. I think yeah. they take good care of Iguodala. Um, you know, like I have nothing but good to say about the owners of the Warriors team. I think they're unbelievable, and especially in terms of the way they got to resign all their guys and didn't have to let one of them go. Um, two guys who have been pretty integral to what they've been doing. Right, and they signed Curry to Supermax as well, so they're locked into him. Um, yeah. So you got uh, Warriors at one. So Warriors number one. Um, oh, one other thing about Iguodala, I, I think he might be like the best player with the worst stats of all time. Like, you see his of stats all time. You no, know, no, just go, like go to his stats from the last three years. It looks terrible. It's like six points, you know, four rebounds, like four assists. Like looks like he doesn't do anything. Yeah. But I mean, I think they would they would win without him. But two like uh, what their championship in twenty fifteen? Like I don't, they don't win without Iguodala. No, think. not even close. Yeah. So like that that's just crazy to me. But okay, so we got Warriors one. Yeah. Um Spurs two? I don't know. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that the playoffs just, just soured me about like about the Spurs. But when Kawhi Leonard went down. When Kawhi Leonard went down, Aldridge <laughs> shit the bed. I mean Aldridge was terrible. Mm. I, I I don't know what what happened to him. I don't know. I think um Aldridge kind of want, from what I've gathered from what people have said, Aldridge wanted to be in a situation where he wasn't the go-to guy. He doesn't like being in that role of the go-to guy, despite the uh-huh. fact that he put up huge numbers in Portland. Apparently, he never felt comfortable in that situation. So you think once Kawhi went down, he just wilted like under the pressure? I think he just wilted. I think maybe that Aldridge didn't fit the system as well, but Kawhi was always so good that he kind of right. covered whatever deficiency was there. Because yeah. we're talking well, Kawhi I, Leonard is unbelievable. I love Kawhi Leonard. I mean, uh-huh. he's... I, yeah. He plays like a 2K player. Like, every single open <laughs> shot, he cans yeah. it. Oh, my gosh. You know? Perfect. Like, boards. The defense is nuts. Like, we're looking at one of the most impactful players in NBA. And I think with just Kawhi Leonard alone, um, in addition to the unbelievable system the Spurs have there. Because, like, it's not like they were slouches. It's not like Aldridge was awful. Like, the guy slavered 16-8 and eight on a team that, you know, tries to spread the ball a lot. Right. But that game one of... Uh, with the Warriors and Spurs in the conference finals, and they had that what thirty something point lead. Leonard went down. Aldridge just couldn't do anything for them. Yeah. He even had a chance to win the game. I mean, it was like a corner three, and he's not a three point shooter, but he bricked it completely, and they lost. Yeah. But okay, so we got Spurs two, mm-hmm. obviously according to you. Um, three Houston. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Four. Um. This is tough. This is very tough. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you who's left. Who 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 can claim this spot. The Clippers? I still like the Clippers. Come on, Dude, man. They're so deep right now. Deep? Yeah. Deep? They're finally deep. They've never been deep. Who do they have? Um. Okay. They, they By the way, they just got that Spanish guy, Milos something. Who is Theodosic? Okay. He's good. Like, he's good. Race. He's actually good. He's fine. Okay. Him? Okay. Imagine Ricky Rubio. Who, can he shoot? Uh, kind of, yeah. Okay. So, okay, they got that. Um, uh, okay, say what you want about Austin Rivers. Probably one of those hated players oh in the league. Probably <laughs> one of the worst players in the league. Danilo Gallinari. Blake Griffin. I like the Gallinari signing. I think he's a great fit on that team. Uh, he's okay. I, I don't love the fit. I think they like need a, they needed a small forward. They just never had a small forward. But Gallinari should be playing power forward, probably. And you have, like, Gallinari, Blake, and DeAndre Jordan playing at once. I don't know, it's a little awkward, but I, yeah. I, I see it. But according to Mike D'Antoni, Gunnar is the best shooter he's ever seen. Yeah, but That's a quote from my 2011. Can he, can he play defense? I don't know. <laughs> no one can. Um, okay, Yalinari Blake, DeAndre, uh, Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell, uh, Lou Will, Lou. Um, yeah, they're, gi- they're a gimmicky team. Yeah. Are they fourth place in the East? No. Are I'm they better s- than the Wolves? No, but they, I could see them. I don't know. Like, the Wolves have a great roster. Yeah. I don't know about them yet. 
Okay, we got it. You gotta let them see. It's a like, great coach. It's it a great roster. How do they? How are the Clippers better? I guess they they the, the, the Wolves underperformed last year. Okay, they they Agreed. were they were pretty bad. They were terrible defensively. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, they get a little Levine. Okay, they were they played better once he went down with an injury, but they don't really have a bench. I don't think they're bringing back Shabazz Muhammad. Oh really? Yeah, I don't interesting. think so. He's a pretty good player. I just don't think they have the money. That's the problem. Yeah. So oh, it'll be, it'll be like, interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah. He's he's nice. He's I'd actually nice. like to see him go to go to Milwaukee. Come to think of it, Milwaukee. I think he'd fit in there. A young guy who can shoot. I'd yeah, like that. That'd be, that'd be good. Um, yeah, like I don't I don't know how much depth Minnesota has. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I I love the roster. I, like I said, I'm mm. jumping on the bandwagon. I'm ju- I'm watching every game, but I want to I want to see how they how they perform before I'm saying okay, they're fourth seed in a loaded Western Conference. Mm. Okay, you got. The Jazz, who of course lost Gordon Hayward, but I loved the Jazz last year. I I yeah. thought the Jazz were going to really give the Warriors a hard time. I did not expect the sweep. I think they had they had the defense, they had the offense. I guess when it really came down to it, you know, only having Gordon Hayward as your guy who could create off the ball kind of stopped that. Right. Um, I expected more to Rodney Hood. Yeah, Rodney Hood wasn't great. Um, wasn't great. I love Ingles. They brought him back. And Gobert went down. Like Gobert went down. That yeah. sucks. Because he's unbelievable. I think like. I think those are the kind of teams that can beat the Warriors. You've got to have a guy down low who can stop the Warriors from driving. The problem was, like, Gobert played the last few games of the series, if I remember correctly. And, yeah. I mean, maybe he was a little banged up, but oh, for sure. there, there was one game, I think it was game three, where they put, like, in the fourth quarter, they went to a pick and roll, put Gobert in pick and roll time and time and time again, and he couldn't stop them once. Yeah. And that surprised me because this is, like, one of the best defenders in the NBA. So why can't he stop pick and roll? I mean, I get it. It's Steph. It's Durant. It's uh, Durant. Mm-hmm. You know, these are two of the best offensive, like you know, two of the top offensive players in the in the league. Yeah. But that was a little that was a little strange for me. But no, no, no I, I the, the Jazz are great. I'm upset that they lost that they lost Hayward. Yeah, I just they were just such a fun team to watch with Hayward, and now it's kind of like you know what who's going to pick up the pieces of what's going on now. Right. Um. Um. So yeah, them, and then you have the Thunder. Yeah. I think Ooh. Thunder are better than Jazz. I think they'll come out ahead of Jazz. I think so too. Um, if they keep Paul George for the whole year, yeah, and that's that's pretty exciting. Because I'm gonna come and say it, like I think Paul George is, is almost a superstar. Right. Like I'm t- like when I say superstars, I'm saying there's probably about five or six players in the entire NBA that you can build a team around. That those players can be the best players on the championship team. We're talking about LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. Talking about James Harden. Probably Kevin Durant and Steph Curry both. Yeah. And agree. Russell Westbrook sixth. Eh, I don't know about that. Maybe because of his playing style, but I yeah. think the skill level. Yeah. Is there no, a... his skill level, absolutely, but playing style, I... Like, I, like, I these, like, these guys are six guys that you put them on a team with anyone in the NBA and right. they're almost guaranteed to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. So people say about Anthony Davis, he's not on that level. He hasn't gotten them there in the past two years, despite, maybe because he keeps getting injured, you know? But I think those six guys... Um, you know, that's a guaranteed playoff spot. And I think Paul George is, like, sniffing at their heels. He's just right there. And I think this is a great opportunity for him to shine. Yeah, no, I'm very excited about them. Um, I love their Patrick Patterson signing. Um, <laughs> if he can shoot threes again. I, I think he can on a team that, that good. That, they'll, just, like, they'll just get good shots now, yeah, as, like, as opposed to those crappy Kyle Lowry assists. <laughs> he'll, get, yeah. he'll get really good looks. I, I think, I don't know, he'll have more confidence going to a new city mm-hmm. um, where there's no, like, expectations for him. Um, I think he'll be good there. Um, and then the last team that I like is the Nuggets. They just got Paul Millsap. Wow. More big, big sign. More I than the Pelicans. That. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Uh, wow. Pelicans are not making the playoffs. I'll tell you right now. Uh huh. Yeah. Despite that, Drew Holiday super <laughs> the max contract. <laughs> Drew Holiday, man. Oh, man, I mean, like, look, what are the else are they gonna do? You know, they they needed a point guard. And, I mean, <laughs> Listen, the guy was just 14 points a game. Yeah, like, what are you going to do? How can you not? I mean, I, I mean, there's no way he was uh, commanding that kind of price tag, though. I don't know what that was. I don't know. It's like, you see the Tim Hardaway signing? Classic Jesus. Knicks. No Phil Jackson doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, the Knicks can't. They can't do, like, I don't know. Dude, they, they can't do anything right. And we're talking this the other day, like, I just don't understand how GMs can be so bad because it almost seemed like there was a handful of GMs out there who are just playing games that everyone else, like, Masai Ujiri is an unbelievable GM. Like, look at those trades he's made, you know? You look like, you look at Daryl Morey. How, how does Daryl Morey get James Harden and Chris Paul on the same team? That's crazy. Right, both were trades. You know, and keeping them in playoffs, like, very competitive over the past few years, both yeah. in trades that he completely won. 
Yeah. You know, it's almost <laughs> like some of these GMs are just operating at a different level, like the Sacramento Kings. Like, it's crazy. Like, right. They, what they, are they, they doing over there also? Actually, I, I, I kind of like the, their offseason. I mean, I, I, I didn't love... Like, I like them getting veterans, like Zach Randolph and George Hill. Yeah. I don't love putting George Hill on the team where you just got your your future point guard, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Like, drafting him, but... I mean, I guess George Hill can play the two. Yeah, that'd but, be interesting to see. But, yeah. So, so maybe maybe that, but... I don't know. If if I'm drafting a guy who's I'm hoping to be my future point guard, I'm I'm you know giving him the keys. I'm mm-hmm. saying, okay, you do what you want, and you you know you play majority of the game. But I feel like there's an expectation in that franchise that for some reason you know Vivek Ranadive thinks they're making the playoffs every year, so he thinks you know George Hill was the missing piece right. to making the playoffs. Yeah, like, but I don't, he I don't he think he is. But he heals the next Steph Curry, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't think he has any sort of gauge on talent. I don't think he understands one bit what it takes to win the NBA. Yeah. And um, the guys, the guys living in the dream, signing guys like George yeah. Hill. Like George Hill's not a guy you bring to a team who should really be tanking. Right. You know. It's yeah. a crazy. It's it's strange though. I, though I I did read something about how the Kings now could maybe trade them around the deadline and try to get pieces. Like let's say a contender. Um, let's say like the the Cavs or something, or like, hey, we need a, we need a backup point guard. We're gonna trade George Hill to the Cavs. That is interesting. Yeah. Man. Now that's competition for right. the Warriors. George Hill to the Cavs. Yeah. I like that. You're right. But I mean, I don't know what the Cavs can give up. But you know, we'll see. Now here's a big question. Yeah. Cavs want a superstar. They're looking at Melo. They're looking at other people, right? And they need to get under that tax because they're paying. I think they. I think they have the highest payroll in the NBA now, so. if not the second. And um. David Griffin, despite, you know, spending a lot of money right now, has been known as a pretty cheap guy in the past. No, uh, Dan Gilbert. Oh, Dan Gilbert, yeah. yeah. He was the general manager. He was, yeah. Yeah. May he rest in peace. He was, <laughs> wow. he was great. Um, you know, Dan Gilbert hasn't, while he's owned the Cavs, not one GM has been re-signed. Every GM, once they re-sign their contract for him, insane. has been fired. That's insane. I mean, at the end of the day, LeBron James is the best GM in all of basketball. Well, he's not doing anything. LeBron? There's reports that he's he, he said I'm not recruiting guys this offseason. Well, who does he need to recruit? He he, he saying, probably like, thinks that they're right there. They don't have a GM right now. There's no one running. <laughs> Who's taking the calls? Yeah, they're they're good. They're amazing. What are they gonna do? Like, do you think he has to like like who do you call when you're calling the office? Like, it's a secretary. <laughs> It's like, all right, let me, yeah. secondary picks secondary. up, like, can I speak to the GM? Right, I'll put you through, and you just never get put through. Yeah. You just have to wait on hold. No, for... you can speak to J.R. Smith only. You no, have to no. DM J.R. Smith. <laughs> no, uh, uh, J- who's, uh, d- 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 who's the Jones? Who's the Jones? Oh, oh. Been in the finals? Damon Jones? <laughs> Is it no, 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 Dante, Dante. Dante Jones. It's yeah. Dante Jones. Yeah. He's dragged LeBron to seven straight finals. Yeah, Dante Jones. One of the clock. <laughs> No? What James, are maybe I, James Jones? James. I, I think it's Dante Jones. Yeah. He's the one who gets fined every time. Yeah, I think there's a, he's a classic uh, guy who puts his feet under shooters. I, think. I don't know. Whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, okay, let, let's, let's, let's rank but those teams, though. Let's rank those teams. You want the Pelicans? The yeah, you want the Pelicans in there, too? Something else. Fine. Okay, Pelicans, Clippers, Nuggets, Wolves, Thunder. Five teams for the final five playoff spots, I guess? Okay. I'll take that. Okay. I'll take that. Oh, and Jazz. Can we list the Jazz? No. <laughs> okay. So it's going to have to be Jazz, uh, Jazz, Clippers, Pelicans. As what? Is, is the dogfight for 7 and 8. Right, right. Right. So, yeah. So who's 4, 5, 6? And the Blazers. Okay. Okay. No, you know what? Screw that. The Blazers are easily better than all those teams. You think so? 100%. I think they're the 6, actually. The six? What, how how are they getting better than eight? Okay, we're putting from last year. They were eight. Hold on, they're eighth last year. The West is even better. How are they get? How are they? How are they jumping to the sixth seed? Because the West, the best teams in the West are better. There's less good teams, but the good teams have gotten great in the West. Like I think the Clippers, I disagree. That the used Thunder, to be unbelievable are now worse. The, the Thunder are, are better, the, but the, the Thunder were the seventh. Right? Thunder, Thunder were six. Last year, six. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, maybe. Were they? Yeah, they were six. Um, Minnesota. Oh, Memphis was seven. They're 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 much worse. Memphis is. We're forgetting, I mean, we're forgetting Memphis. Although not much rumors worse. are that the Celtics are going to trade for Marcus Gasol, and that would be no, nuts. They're not trading. They're, that would no be no way. Not getting Marcus Gasol. 
Okay, there's a lot of good teams in the West. I think we've got to pull up. <laughs> pull it up, pull it up. Okay. Um, um, While you're looking for this, a quick side question yeah. before we finish this. If you're the Cavs, do you get do you trade Tristan Thompson or do you trade Kevin Love? Um, okay, I have no internet down here. Um, do I trade Tristan Thompson or do I trade Kevin Love? I would trade Kevin Love. I think he has more value on the market, and I think he's just more important. Tristan Thompson is just is just um like you, I, you can't win without Tristan Thompson. As bad as he was. In the finals, which, by the way, he was really, he was really bad in the finals. Okay. Like, what, what, what was that? Well, the guy, I think he actually had a good, I like the last game he played. I thought the last game of the finals, he actually played pretty well. He played okay. Yeah. It's the Kardashian, uh. Effect? Yeah. 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 I don't know, I don't know what, what, what they're doing. Um. <laughs> oh, whatever oh. she did to James Harden, I don't mind that. We forgot, <laughs> we forgot, uh, we forgot the Lakers. Uh, LeVar Ball. Come they're on! They're making the playoffs. This no, is they're it. not. <laughs> no, I'm dumb. I'm messing with you. By the way, uh, nothing is better in the offseason than the LeVar Ball, Joel Embiid shade. <laughs> I'm really excited to see that he go told, on he next told year. He's going to go, like, F himself, right? Yeah. yeah. Ben Simmons tweeted crazy pills right after Alonzo yeah. got uh, drafted. Okay, I- I'm going to list you who made the playoffs in the, spur- in the West last year. Okay. okay. And then we're just going to say who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. Okay, we got Warriors, Spurs, Rockets, Clippers, yeah. Jazz, Thunder, Grizzlies, uh, Blazers. Okay, I think the Nuggets and the Wolves are making the playoffs. And who are they kicking out? They'll probably, I'll say right now, they're going to kick out the Grizzlies and the Blazers. But the Clip, they could give the Clippers a run for their money as well. I'm going to say the Nuggets don't make it. Ooh. And the Jazz get kicked out. The Jazz get kicked out for the for the for the Wolves. For the Wolves. Uh huh. Really? Because the Nuggets, like once they traded Nurkic and started starting Jokic, yeah, they were they got much better. Like they were playing way better. And okay, they lost Gallinari, but they got Paul Millsap, who's a nice fit there. Yeah. And I mean, I wonder if they can if they can move uh, Kenneth Fareed. Well, that 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 will be huge. Yeah. I think they if they can sort out their point guard situation and get a great point guard who's not Emmanuel Moutier, right. um, he's probably the worst starting point guard in the NBA. Yeah, that's the issue. I mean, TJ McConnell last year. You think he's that bad? I mean, he's young. He's still young, but like, who's their crunch time point guard? You know, Jamal Murray. Like, can he play the one? Not really. The guy's a shooter. The guy's a scorer, right? He could play. He played the one at Kentucky, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It's possible. But um, even like uh, Jokic, right? Um, yeah. Well, he yeah he ha- he ha- he can. Handle the ball in the short in the what's it called in the half court. Yeah. But when and you're playing, you know, it's a full court game. Yeah. You know, you, no, um, the guy's good. The guy's good. Yeah, they're gonna need they're gonna need somebody. And I think the Clippers like the Clippers could easily make it if either Blake or DeAndre goes down now because they don't have the kind of leeway they've had in the last few years. Where almost every season the Clippers have lost one of those guys to twenty games. I right. think Chris Paul with the thumb. Also, um, apparently Blake, the knee. Blake yeah. isn't back until like uh, December. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's out for a couple months. Yeah, so I, I think that's going to be pretty detrimental to the Clippers' chance to make the playoffs, actually. Like, if Blake comes back and he plays like the Blake that played against the San Antonio Spurs, where mm-hmm. the guy was almost averaging a triple-double in the playoffs, um, yeah, I think the Clippers will be great. It's going to really come down to how well Blake plays without Chris Paul. But um, considering he's out for months and considering if either him and John Jay goes down again, um, I just think it's their, their playoff chances are pretty frail, much frailer than other teams. In my opinion, and yeah, um, no, that's fair. Yeah, but it's going to be a huge battle out in the West. Yeah, I'm also not a big Doc Rivers fan. Um, I like Doc I, Rivers the coach. Can't say the same about Doc Rivers the GM. <laughs> I thought you don't like Doc Rivers the coach. No, I like Doc Rivers the coach. I thought your whole <laughs> big... yeah. I mean, I mean, I, have you seen his uh, you know, the mean the Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel mean tweets? No. <laughs> he reads one and it's. <laughs> like what? Like what's like what's with his what's with Doc Rivers' voice? Put some uh, put some. Uh, Put some uh, moisturizer on those vocal cords. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you swallowed a bottle of Vaseline uh, before every game, maybe that would help. Uh, man. Uh, like, I don't know. I thought you didn't like him because he's literally just won like one championship in Boston and uh-huh. he's like all of a sudden the best coach in the world. Can, I don't know. Uh, in terms of other questions. Um, yeah. You Give know, me some quick fire because we're, we're running late and I've got one for you. So. Okay. Yeah. One question right now. Yeah. The Boston Celtics big three. Okay, when okay. it was first mobilized, talking to Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. Yeah. 
was that one of was that the best off season ever? That the best off season ever. Um, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, no. This may be a question that we should do some homework and revisit at a later point. At, at, off the top of my head, I can tell you one better, more recent, and that is the Miami Heat. Now, yeah. that was that. I think that's a good argument, but the one thing I'm going to say about that yeah. is that as good as that offseason was, the Celtics won the championship that year. So Fair, in a but, micro microcosm, I think that may have been. The Heat won more championships. All in all. Yeah, that team won two, the Celtics won one. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the Heat that in off seasons later added some, a guy like Ray Allen who was pretty instrumental. In, okay, in they added him after, the, after the first championship, but s- still, you know, I still think they could. Okay, maybe you know he hits the shot and and, and so they won that series. But that was know, everything. Yeah, yeah that's that was true. the shot. Yeah, Ray Allen uh, saved LeBron's ass from being like one and eight in the finals. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to I have to think about it more. I mean, the, I mean, there's got to be like I don't know, shit from like the '80s or whatever. But who knows? Yeah. Not, nothing that comes to mind. Saying maybe like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar going the Lakers back in the day. Yeah, that's like one. That's like one accusation. Like, yeah. That's one. I mean, yeah, one. Yeah. One trade. So or one. Like this was like the Boston Celtics overnight going from like zero to right. zero. I'll tell you what. When it might have been like the biggest hype that was ended up being the worst. Lakers. The Lakers getting Dwight and Steve Nash. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that was huge. Oh my god, was that was that a train wreck? I mean, Kobe went down with an injury, but man, that team was terrible. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna hit you with a question. It's not NBA related. Okay, so <laughs> listeners, if you're not interested, you could you could sign off. But we are now gonna rank. I, you don't know this question's coming. We are ranking from worst to best Kanye West albums. <laughs> oh my god. This could be a podcast is, of its own right now. We gotta now. do it in like three minutes. Oh god. And that makes it even crazier. This is gonna be a fight. This is this is intense, okay? Okay. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna both say our worst, okay? Worst? Yeah, right right now. Give me a sec. Three. Okay, do you need the do you need the list? Or, okay. Um Look. Okay, you ready? No no, just at the top. Top eight. Okay. Three, two, one eight oh eight oh eights and heartbreaks. Okay. Okay. Thank God. Okay. I think almost everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. Not that it was a bad album. No, there's good. There's uh-huh. good parts of the album. It's just I didn't. Lo- I didn't love the sound. Okay. Um. Okay. 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 Uh. Next. You ready? This is the worst. Seventh worst. Seventh worst. Uh, people are gonna kill me for this, but go. Again, not that it's bad. Yeah. Jesus. Late registration. Wow. Wow. That's high on my list. Now, I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Uh, that's By the way, that's like the one Kanye album like I really barely know. Uh-huh. Um, I gave it a list a couple of times. Like, it just never vibed with me so well. Okay. Um, I think the only memorable song that I have from that album is Gold Digger, which I think was on it. Yes. Um, but like other songs, I think like Diamonds from Sierra Leone, um, maybe some other good ones from that one. We Major... Yeah, like I just never, I, I just I never I really liked, like, I just never liked those other big late registration songs. I don't know why, like they just never stuck with me. Um, that's yeah. a pretty personal opinion though, because I actually hated Jesus the first time I heard it. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, this is the crappiest album. Like not just by calling it, but bad. Really? And then like once I got accustomed to the sound, like it just became so hype. Like, because the beginning, I think the beginning of Jesus is awful. Um, mm-hmm. Those first few songs are bad. It, it, it's growing on me a little bit, you know. And and if it's an, if it's another day, maybe it places like six or five on my list, honestly. Yeah. But but my, like Jesus and my next two, you can kind of put them together, and it's controversial. I'll, I'll admit, but okay, let's go number six. Okay. Okay. Number six. Okay. Go ahead. College dropout. I agree. Okay. College dropout. A lot of people have that as one of his best. Yeah. Um, and that's fair. I. I've probably given it the least amount of time out well, of any of his eight albums. It's probably nostalgia, like that's yeah, what, like, that's, that's probably true. what's going to come down. You know, to. it was it was it was like that album for the time was like amazing. I'm sure, mm-hmm. like it was his, his first and for what it was, and like I personally believe that in a way, College Dropout kind of revolutionized the rap game in a way that came and said, you know, you don't have to be a gangster to be a successful rapper. You can be just be a guy who raps about you know, the experience, but not from that perspective. Right. Um, Kanye came at it as a guy who's kind of said, you know, the school system isn't doing it for me, so I'm just going to make it 
like this. Yeah. And he was really successful at it, but he was nothing like any rappers before. And, like, Kanye was probably the father of just rapping over samples. Right. Because he's the king of samples. And I think College Dropout, um... So heavily samples got that ball yeah and like you look at the music now like samples are a massive part of rap right. everyone's doing it everyone's doing it yeah and i think kanye was a pioneer of that um so yeah but just in terms of like actual sound like his later works just so advanced compared to that okay okay number five life of pablo jesus jesus okay okay um life of pablo i'll say for me i i think it has uh, like such high highs yeah but the lows are just just terrible. Like, there's just... There's so many throwaway tracks. Think about it. When's the last time you've listened to the entire album? You've probably only done it once. Yeah, but, but throwaway... We can include the skits. It doesn't matter. I'm saying, like, take out Silver Surfer, take out no, Frank's track, first of all, all skits are part of Kanye's experience. They're part of his album. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. You know, every rapper... You don't... Then they shouldn't be there if you if they're trashed. Uh -huh. You know, they're there for a reason. That's part of the album. I'm talking about the album. I'm not talking about the best songs in the album. I personally think Ultralight Beam is one of Kanye's best produced songs of all time. A hundred percent. But, but, but the album... Which is really a Chance the Rapper song, if we're going to be honest. Fair, but I love the opening. I love the, yeah, the whole true, chorus. He put that together, so, you know, I got to give... I, I mean, I, yeah, Ken, uh, Chance's verse is great, but everything about that song is amazing, so... But, yeah, I, I, I think there's, like... The, the highs are great, but, yeah, I, there's but just too much crap in it. The only song I don't like is Highlights. Highlights? I mean, I'm not a big fan of FML... Oh, I love FML. I, it's I good. It's good. Sound. It's at like, the end. The end. The, yeah. the voice. Wolves. Pe wolves. You, you I, can give me a thing. I don't like wolves. <laughs> that line from Wolves when he's like, "What if Mary was yeah. in the club and met Joseph?" Like it's it's a bad line. Right. And he, and he repeats it like six times. Yeah. All his, boy, it. all his boys like come repeat it with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, like even the back, like even like the end of Life of Pablo is amazing. Like 30 Hours, I think is a great song, even though it's a bonus track. Yeah, like Saint Pablo is such a good song. Facts isn't good. Facts, Real Friends, No More Parties in LA. No More Parties in LA is good. Such but, good songs. But Kendrick also is like the guy on that song too. Yeah, you could uh, say that. Okay, okay. That was five? Yeah. Okay. Four. Okay, you ready? This is going to be pretty hard. You need... Should I go? Yeah. Watch the throne. I'm gonna say that my number four is um, Life of Pablo. I don't know if I watched that. Life of Pablo. Okay. We're slightly out of order here between us. Okay. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fine. Um, I'll say this though. Yeah. I think Life of Pablo. Looking back on Watch the Throne, I think Life of Pablo was consistent. There are more good songs than Life of Pablo, but I think the highs of Watch the like, um, the best songs on Watch the Throne are crazy good. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, look, Watch the Throne is an album of bangers. Like I bangers, could, bangers. I could put that on yeah. and listen to the whole thing any day of the week, and I'm gonna have. I'm gonna love it. There's not as much depth to the album. Yeah. Um, but no, I. I mean, I love Kanye and Jay going back and forth, and I like th those songs where they do stuff like that. Like those are my favorites. Yeah. Uh, like God have it, love that song. Great song. Um, where it's just like an Otis, just verse after verse after verse. Yeah. Um. But no, I mean, look, it's number four. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's that's good. Like I'm saying, it's a good, yeah. it's a good album. It's an amazing album. Yeah. I mean, when I that, that that summer I went to the Watch the Throne tour, like that summer that I came out, it's all I listened to. Mm. It doesn't mean it's a bad album. It's just four. Okay, so now we're on, now we're on our top four. three. Top three, yeah. Okay, so I'm just gonna say my top three right now. Okay, go for it. It's Dark Twisted Fantasy, yeah. Graduation, and Watch the Throne. Okay. What's yours? Okay. Um, Dark Twisted Fantasy, but that's number one. Um, late registration and graduation. Late registration number two. For what? So you're putting late registration. Oh, I don't. Two? I don't know. I. I honestly, it it, it. it would change. Late registration, graduation, number two and three, change for me. I think Dark Horse Fantasy number one though. I think yeah, Dark Horse Fantasy number one, graduation probably two, but mm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, graduation probably three. It's tough. I don't know, man. I think I remember you showed me the song, and I think it's like the most underrated song of all of Kanye's career. Uh -huh. The Devil in a New Dress. Uh -huh. Is, yeah. is actually one of the best songs of all time. Of all time. I think it's one of my it's favorite just, songs of all time. I, I, it's I, so good. I There's wanted, so much like, depth. I want it to get the love that it deserves. Because, like, oh my god. It, it's, and the, it's and the so Rick good. Ross verse on it is ridiculous. Perfect. It's the best Ross verse. It's perfect. It's yeah. flawless. Yeah? Perfect. Yeah. Um. And Dark Fantasy was like... It was just a huge revival for Kanye. Like, it was, it was probably like the deepest 
in terms of like music like mm-hmm. the music on Dark Twisted Fantasy was insane like the production right. the quality of what he was putting out like it was one of those albums that like let's say like I'm driving in the car right yeah. it's a summer's day I'm not flipping on Dark Twisted Fantasy you know I'm putting on Life of Pablo um, that beginning Father Don't Stretch My Hands like that's getting me going I'm putting right. on Watch the Throne like you got a t- 20 minute drive yeah if I'm like at the cottage chilling I'm putting on Graduation but Dark Twisted Fantasy is just like if I had to pick a song to listen to like forever it, it would be an album list do forever like right. that would be the album like it's yeah. just so deep and like that music it's just powerful like it's powerful oh. music it's crazy. I, I was driving I was driving back from my cottage uh, like late one night uh, a couple months a month ago or so and okay. I'm driving through this like these back roads like off not on the highway uh, it's no no it's not lit at all like <laughs> least lit <laughs> it's not lit least lit okay there's no there's no lights uh, it's raining and storming and everything but I'm listening to my beautiful Dark of Fantasy and I am so calm like I'm not nervous at all I'm just chilling out and I'm just like vibing to that music and I can do that anytime so okay I'm glad we agree that that's number one uh, I'm glad I had you on the podcast today awesome it was, it was good really having fun you to be on here. yeah we'll have to do it again for sure okay um yeah man uh Okay, dude. Good seeing you.